All right, welcome back to Trumbull Dads. This is the pre-Halloween edition, quarantine edition, whatever week of quarantine we've been in. Um, so we kind of skipped over a lot of it. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball. We'll talk about NFL, maybe some golf, maybe some Masters. We'll see. Um, so anyway, alongside myself, Nate Moyer, we've got Rob Finn. We've got Brian BG over here. So guys, as we traditionally do, what are we, what are we drinking tonight? We'll start with Brian this time. What do you got? What do you got uh, This evening, I've got the old uh, Focal Banger from The Alchemist. They started selling this in Connecticut now uh, every once in a while. So I saw it in the store, and I was definitely not going to pass. So enjoying this lovely IPA. Nice. Rob, what you got over there? I have uh, <clears throat> Alvarum, <clears throat> excuse me, Alvarum Beer Company up in New Britain, uh, where our buddy Jim is from. It's fresh. It's a New England IPA. It's pretty good. Um, juicy, not too hazy. Actually, it is pretty hazy. It's hard to see in a can, but it's pretty good. It tastes, um, tastes pretty solid. So check it out. All right. And I'm, uh, I'm a wimp tonight. I'm doing a Langenkugel summer shanty because I found it in my fridge. And since we are no longer in the summer, I figured I probably should finish that up. So, um, nothing, nothing too exciting. Solid. If you like shanty mass produced. So it's uh, not as fancy as the, uh, our new England IPAs. Um, all right, guys. Well, we kind of skipped it. Um, we didn't do a show, and then all of a sudden the World Series kind of came and gone. It happened. Um, what, what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts on the World Series? The Dodgers beat the Rays in six games. Um, as George Kazanda said, you know, hey, we won the World Series pff, in six games, right? So, But the Dodgers are pretty talented. Um, the Rays were extremely underpaid as far as payrolls go. Uh, but the Dodgers did end up winning it. So, Brian, we'll start with you. What did, did you get to watch a lot of it? What are your thoughts on on the World Series? Well, I can't say I watched a lot of it, but I, wa- I watched enough. Uh, you know, the game's definitely changing. Uh, you know, you, you're seeing openers in playoff games and bullpen games uh, where you, you just usually have a starter. I guess, you know, maybe the traditions of how to start a game. Uh, with your pitching staff and how to get to the bullpen or when to go to the bullpen is definitely evolving. Uh, we definitely saw that with game six with Blake Snell. You know, I think it was about six or seven innings, nine strikeouts, two hits, uh, and then they pull him. You know, that that's your guy. He's out there. He's giving you everything. He's giving your bats a chance to come in and, and do some damage. Uh, he just needs some run support at that point. Uh, and, and you got yourself a game and take it to game seven. Uh, but the manager was kind of overthinking it, went to the bullpen. W- was that move the ultimate uh, deciding factor uh, of that game? No, you know, probably not. But you don't take a pitcher out pitching that well at that point of, in the World Series. Uh, just a, just overthinking it. And, you know, it definitely could have went their way uh, if, the, if they, you know, Keep him in and, and go another inning, keeping him at bay. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yep, Rob, what, what about you? How many games did you end up watching? Did you watch any full games, half a game, any games? <laughs> uh, I, I, I turned it on each night, <clears throat> excuse me, to catch a little bit of it, but I was not staying up uh, late enough to watch any of it. And um, so, whoops, sorry, I got the computer open there. Stop talking to me. Um, but I, I, I kind of agree with Brian or I also disagree with Brian. I think that was the turning point of the game. Uh, Kevin Cash pulled Snell too early in game six. 
he, if you look at the stats, he had nine strikeouts. He was into the sixth inning with one, with one out. And he was the first four hitters for the Dodgers, one through four. The first two times through, he had seven strikeouts and one ground out. He lets up one single, a loop single to like, I don't know, the ninth hitter, eighth or ninth hitter, and he pulls him. And he had 75 pitches. What are you thinking? Talk about overmanaging. And the ironic part is the Dodgers are the ones who had the bullpen start their game. And usually that's what the Rays motto is. And the Rays had a starter. He was he was holding him in check. They weren't doing anything on him. I think it's just a case of overmanaging. And, and, and you see it immediately what happens. What happens? Mookie Betts gets up. You know, single, double, a walk. It just imploded after that. So I think uh, Kevin Cash blew that game for them. Uh, I would really hoping to see a game seven because I think game sevens are always exciting. But, um, you know, I was rooting for the Rays too. Charlie Morton, who is a, uh, a Connecticut guy. Uh, I think he went to Fairfield Prep. You know, I was kind of rooting for him. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't get it done. So Dodgers get their redemption World Series. Yeah, I uh, I don't like the Dodgers at all. Um, I came from, obviously I'm an Arizona guy, so that's I guess our rival. Um, long story short, years ago they won the division. They jumped in our pool in the outfield in Arizona. There was all these rumors that they actually peed in the pool. So anyway, ever since I just I cannot stand the Dodgers. Right, so I kind of had go I had a feeling going in the Dodgers are going to win this World Series. I think I probably watched five minutes of it. Um, honestly, like I, I I was excited when the Rays had that walk off. Um, I think to tie the series at two, I kind of was like, all right, maybe I'll watch another game. Something came up, couldn't watch one. Then they were down. I was like, you know what? I'm not watching game six. If they make it to game seven, I'll watch it. Um, and of course, they didn't make it to game six or game, make it to game seven. So this is probably the first World Series that I can remember that I didn't watch <coughs> barely any minutes of it for no other reason than the fact that I just didn't want to see the Dodgers win it. So um, it was kind of disappointing waking up the next day and seeing on my phone that the Dodgers had won. Ugh, but. Congrats to all the Dodgers fans out there. You know, your team is you, – you have a very talented roster, a very talented team, and I feel like you guys won in spite of having Dave Roberts as your manager because I think he's just not a great manager in my opinion. But I think he got he, – he had enough talent that he could they could overcome him. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to next season. Um, as long as it's not the Astros, as long as it's not the Dodgers, not, as long as it's not the Yankees. Sorry, Brian. Um, I'll be happy. But as long as we can get 162 in next year, that'll be that'll be good. So, all right, guys, let's let's kick it over to the NFL. So, we're coming up on week eight in the NFL season. So, at this point, we've kind of talked about preseason favorites. Who's who's looking like a good team right now? If you had to pick one, I'm going to ask both of you guys. If you have to pick a pretender and a contender so far, you can do it from either division. Doesn't matter. So, Rob, we're going to start with you on this one. Who is your pretender? Who is your contender? In the NFL, pretender. Okay, um, man, I'm going to say right now the Buffalo Bills. I know they're leading the East, but they have not been playing uh, very good teams. So they started off four and zero, and then they played two good teams, and they they lost those two. So I think they're the pretender. I think they're still going to win the East, but I don't think they're going to do much damage. Their defense is not playing as well as it should be in years past. Um, their secondary is just getting burnt everywhere now. Um, so I think, you know, they're the ones that probably win 10 or 11 games, but I don't think they're going to do very, go very far. Um, you know, and, and, and who's playing really well, even though they, I know they lost to your Cardinals there, 
Mr. Nate, but you know, I think Seattle's just got a great team overall. I mean, on both sides of the ball. And uh, that was a good game with the Cardinals. So um I, I think Seattle gonna come out of that uh NFC side of things with the with the championship there. All right, Brian, what do you got? Pretender, contender. Ooh. So uh pretender, I'm gonna go Bears. I think they're what, five and one? Uh are they five and two now? All right. Well, they're they they were playing well. They're winning games. I don't know how they're winning games. You know, I think they're still the same old Bears. They don't even know who their quarterback should be. You know, Trubisky's terrible. Nick Foles, for some reason, can only play for the Eagles. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. I can't see them. They might not even make the playoffs. I think they they might not even make it there. But they're a team that that could, and they'll be out first round. But contender. I think contender is wide open. Uh, I could see a lot of teams, but one that sticks out that's somewhat surprising uh, is Pittsburgh. I think they've their offense is is clicking really well. Connor's playing well. Uh, they have that rookie Chase Claypool who steps up from Notre Bradley Dame. Johnson, by the way, I got to throw out that Chase Claypool is from Notre Dame. <clears throat> Just saying. Thanks, thanks, Nate. Uh, and. Uh, you know Deontay Johnson. They got Juju. I think Juju. I don't know. He has. He's not seen as many targets. But Deontay Johnson, if he can stay healthy, clearly when he's on the field, he dominates. So you know, Big Ben's got some people to throw to, and their defense. You know, they picked up Minka, and uh, you know they've been playing really well. I think they're they're going to be a force to reckon with. It might be just them and the Chiefs. You know, out of the AFC, we'll see. Uh, see if Pittsburgh can. Can be Kansas City if uh, Pittsburgh has a home game. That could be could spell doom for KC. Yeah. What do you guys have for sleepers? Do you have like a sleeper pick right now? That's kind of like, eh, they started out slow. They're not kind of on the radar, but I feel like they could do some damage if they get into the playoffs. Um, Brian, we'll go back to you this time. Is there a sleeper you can think of that that's like, eh, that team could squeak in and maybe you know make a little run? I, I don't think the team. I don't think they're gonna squeak in. But I think Green Bay can can make some noise in the NFC. You know, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. You know, I think he's playing with vengeance right now. Uh, whether he's going to stay in Green Bay or not, I don't, who knows? Uh, so you know, I think he's playing for he's playing for Green Bay uh, to to win, obviously. But he wants them to be like, all right, well, we're still going to let you go, and he'll say, well, look what I did. You know, he 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 can be petty like that sometimes. So uh, I think he's on a mission. And if they, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, those guys can stay healthy, they, they can make some noise. You know, they're green bad. They always do. They, they can always, you know, squeak out a game here and there. We, we've seen it with Seattle, you know, with the, those crazy games. Uh, and, and Seattle's good again. So I, they're probably going to meet, and we might see something like that again. Crazy. Rob, you have a sleeper right now? I think someone is going to be it's going to be surprising people is going to be the Colts. Um, they're such a weird up and down team. I still think they're trying to figure themselves out there with Phillip Rivers, uh, but their schedule is not that tough the rest of the way. I mean, they do got to play the Ravens and the Titans and the Packers, um, but the rest of it, I think, is very winnable games. <clears throat> so I think they can kind of sneak into there in, in a uh, in a wild card slot, and um, you know, Phillip Philip Rivers can and can throw the ball around. He's having a decent season so far, and I think they're still kind of finding themselves, and they've been battling with injuries. So if they get some guys healthy, I think they can make uh, 
make an impression in the playoffs. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to throw up my contender pretender and it's funny because it's actually very similar to rob we did not talk about this before the show but i feel like buffalo i was kind of excited about them this year they're they're not living up i I don't know that they can they can even get past the first playoff game they're going to play even if it's a home game i don't think it's going to make a difference they're just they're not um they're not as advertised this year and like rob said they they didn't play some great teams at the beginning so that made them look even better um now they've played some decent teams and they're stuck i hate to say it but i do like seattle as well um those first games, like Russell Wilson, some of those deep passes were just perfect, like right on a dime, like just impressive. Um, obviously, like that's kind of the Cardinals' rival in Arizona, but, um, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. I think they're playing fantastic. Now, that being said, the Cardinals beat Seattle, which was an absolutely fantastic game. I don't know if how many of you guys got to see it. Um, prime, you know, Sunday night, primetime, Cards were in their rush uniforms, the black, which is really cool. Um you know, and, and they beat them, and it was great. So I would have to say my sleeper team is kind of the Cardinals. I don't know that they're going to be able to make the Super Bowl. I don't think they've got it in them to make the Super Bowl, but I think they could do some damage in the playoffs. I think they could knock out a number one seed. They could knock out, you know, the top two guys and then, you know, lose in the NFC Championship if they were to get that far. That would be my sleeper pick if I had to pick one. A little bit of a homer there, but that's what that's my sleeper team right now because I just feel like with, you know, Kyler Murray, if he can stay healthy – um, even Drake right now, the starting running backs hurt, but Chase Edmonds right is right behind them. He's not losing a step. So, um, you know, Edmonds can fill in for a few weeks. Drake can come back healthy. Now you got a one-two punch that's pretty good out there. The wide receivers are good. Christian Kirk's playing a lot better. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's always going to be there for you. He's not really dominating this year, but he's still getting a consistent catch every week. Um, so anyway, that's I guess that'd be my sleeper. So um, while we're still in the second NFL, all-time in catches to Jerry, yeah. I don't think he's going to catch Jerry, um, not yeah. in this offense, but he's he's still there. Uh, you know, Arizona loves Larry Fitzgerald, just a class act. Uh, we love that guy. But uh, I guess while we're still in the NFL, so I, I'm not, I can't really be part of this next conversation because my fantasy team is absolutely horrendous this year in our league, our dad's league. Um, but you guys are doing, I think, pretty well. I don't know, Rob, are you doing pretty well in your in the fantasy league this year? I haven't paid that I much am attention. tied for first. So that, tied for first with four other teams, but I have the seven out of ten points scored. But I have now it was the most, but or the least. So I guess, your luck points four. Uh, I have my lucky. team has been performing all right, but the teams I've been playing against have not been living up to expectations. So I should feel like I should change my team name to uh, the Lucky Sons of. On this because uh or irish luck or something along those lines because I, I have the least uh points against me right now and i played some good teams so um yeah first place i don't i'm gonna hold on to it. i i got i got a lot of injuries like a lot of people but i have none of my first three running backs are on my team anymore so i've had to make some moves and trades and pickups but my wide receiving core is good and just gonna ride it out as long as i can hey sometimes in fantasy you don't have to be have the best team you just have to have some good luck so yeah, Brian, how's your team? So we have two divisions. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have uh, two divisions. Um, we have 20 dads in Trumbull that are in this league. So uh, Rob is the commissioner of one. Brian is commissioner of the other. So obviously they're in their own uh, fantasy leagues. The winners of those come out, and they face each other for the uh, Trumbull Super Super Bowl, which is kind of cool. So, Brian, how are you doing in your league? What, uh, what place are you in? How's things going? I started out well. You know, things were going pretty good. Team's winning. Then lost the last two weeks. 
So I'm three and four. Um, right now clinging to a playoff spot, but I'm only at I'm only two games out. You know, if I'm three and four, the other guy's five and two. Right there, uh, I actually made some moves to improve my team. Well, I think I'm improving my team, but uh, you know, make a bold blockbuster. See if I can shake things up, solidify that team, and make a run. I traded Rogers, Cup. And Jones for Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, and DeAndre Swift. All right, I think Cook might be coming back this week, so that's he is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's 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 back this week. That's good. I am currently in last place. I am in. I was in Brian's league last last year. Brian's division last year. Um, we got it's just random. We pick out ping pong balls, see which division you go to, what position you pick. Uh, this year I'm in Rob's league, and I am not doing well. I am tied for last place. With another team that's called Forever Blue, which I believe is Dave, our friend Dave's team, and I think he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. That's the team name. So, um, anyway, that's that, that's how my fantasy season's going. Now I'm in a, a four other leagues, but that's not relevant to this to this podcast. We're just going to talk about how bad I am in this league. So, um, what moves? What, what are you guys thinking for the rest of the season? What, what are you going to have to do to to make your moves? You think you're going to have to do trades? You think you're going to have to just keep an eye on the waiver wire? Um, you think you, some of your injuries are going to come back? Like Rob, what, what are you thinking? What's, what's your strategy going out for the rest of the year, that, the strategy that you want to give out? Uh, I just I keep my eye on the wave of wire. You got to see and figure out who you think is going to be the next guy to step it up, um, what guys, what running backs aren't playing well. You know, this half of the year, there are some teams who are not going to be in it, and they want to see guys play, so they might get the guy, other guys' chances. So you got to keep an eye out for that second back who's maybe a rookie, um, try and get him before anyone else thinks about it and waits that week. I always look out, you know, two or three weeks down the road and think, all right, how is this going to help me? What do I need my help? Uh, Mosert is my second running back who's on IR. Well, hopefully he comes back and hopefully he stays healthy. And then hopefully I'll have a chance to stay, make it in the playoffs. Um, but I'm going to need some help. And uh, to, just to let you know, Nate, you have the most points against you. So, um, you're, you know, it says with luck, I have the know. bad luck. Rob, has I, the good I luck. got it this year. You don't have it this year. Yep. That's just the way it is. That's fantasy for you. Brian, what about you? What's the, uh, what do you got for the rest of the fantasy season? At least that you're willing to give <laughs> out to everybody. You know, I, I made that, that one deal in our league and, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm hoping it works out. You know, my, my, instead of trading away Rogers and riding with Justin Herbert, you know, I'm kind of banking on, uh, young stud having a good second half and then check out the waivers, you know, see what I could do. So if I can round up my team and kind of see, see how that works out and, you know, injuries are injuries. That's going to happen week to week. You know, it's just something you gotta, you gotta deal with. You gotta make some moves. You gotta see who's gonna, who's trending upward and try and grab that, you know, get on that train before everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's a bit of a waiting game. And uh, a little bit of luck. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I think the, the most common thing to do is grab your guys off the waivers. If you can make a good deal, improve your team. Make it fair, though. You know, don't don't go selling off everybody. Uh, you know, we want to keep it fair for everybody in the league there. But, uh, you know, make your moves. Stock up. Get ready for playoffs. Yeah. All right, well, let's switch gears. So, actually, the 
three of us and our other friend Shane are going to brave it tomorrow morning here in Connecticut. It's supposed to be 30 degrees at 8 a.m. We're going to try to play some golf, um, trying to just cling to the, the as much golf as we can in this season before it ends, um, <coughs> which should be interesting. Uh, we might have some frost delays, but we're not sure. We'll, we'll be out there early. But on the yeah, topic hey, do of... Do you own pants? I mean, you're an Arizona guy now. You know, you do own a pair of pants? I don't own golf pants. He's going to be playing in jeans I'm tomorrow. Pr- I, might be, I might just be playing in shorts. I only have golf shorts. I'm not used to cold weather, so this might be, uh, this might be interesting. I'm, no, I'm sure I could probably throw on some khakis if I need to. Um, do the but, thermals. Do the thermals with the shorts over them. There you go. Fine. There we go. A little spandex. Connecticut yeah. shorts. Connecticut winter shorts. Maybe we'll try that. Um, so anyway, on the topic of golf, we got the Masters coming up, which is something we never talk about in, no, in November, um, unless we're talking about the pre, you know, earlier in the year, earlier in the season. But this year, it's actually November twelfth through the fifteenth. So, what do you guys think? Is that? I mean, besides, besides it being just a weird time of year to have it, um, what are your thoughts? Who do you think is going to win it? Do you have any thoughts on the Masters? First off, I think we're probably on agreement. We would love to go to the Masters one time in our lifetime. If I had to guess, the right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. we we were going to try and go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this year was I think the year, and then COVID happened. Yep, yep. So, what do you guys think? Do you have any you have any favorites going in to uh, to the Masters? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on the Masters? Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be exciting for um, having it this late in the season. You know, usually it's you know, what is it early April and it kind of kicks off the golf season, so. It'll be fun to watch because um, it's now getting cold here in Canada. So guess what? We're all going to be sitting inside doing nothing anyway. So it will be fun to sit there and watch golf all day in uh, in November. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. It's going to be interesting for those guys, too. I think the weather is definitely going to be a lot, much different in November than it is in April there as well. Um, I think my favorite, I'm going to go with my boy Brooks, Brooks K. And uh, I think he's he's been playing well all season. So I'll, I'm going to pick him as my favorite to win it. That would be something. That'd be something if Brooks Kepka wins. I mean, that dude only wins majors, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of young guys there. Uh, I've got Justin Thomas. I think he's going to do it. He's uh, he plays really well, and uh, you know he's he's that young guy. He's, he's very consistent. You know, he, he, every tournament he's right there. So I think he, I think he gets a, another one. Uh, get that green jacket. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of torn between. I want to say like Rory and uh, Jordan Spieth. I feel like one of those two are kind of a big name that just it's kind of going to come out of nowhere this week or um, the week of the Masters and, and win it. I don't think we've kind of talked about them enough. Um, this year we've talked about who's the who's the guy that's just jacked up. Is it Bryce? Oh, Bryson DeChambeau. Bryce, yeah, yeah, I think we've kind of talked about him a little bit. He's actually the odds favorite to win. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, so- he's... But his even, drives even are ridiculous. He has a nine percent chance. So I mean, how do you with the field? You can't even you can't even pick that. Yeah, I'd like to see Phil win. Phil Mickelson's always a favorite lefty. Um, but I don't know. I think I, I think I kind of like the, I kind of like the older names. I like the uh, I like the Jordan Spieth. I like the Rory McIlroy. So those those would be my picks, I guess. Um, so guys, I just hope Tiger finishes the round. I mean, he has not been playing well. It'd be nice to see him play on a Sunday. Yeah, he's got to wear his Tiger um, Red. Tiger Red. Right. I miss I miss seeing that. But remember how good Tiger was back in the day, Brian, that you actually, Vegas made bets. You could either bet on Tiger or the field. That's how much they believed he could do. I mean, oh, yeah. no, we, he don't was have, we don't have a Tiger Woods. There's so many good guys. It's not a bad yeah. thing. 
but there is no stud anymore. That's like, you know, you, you like you said, 9% chance and he's the favorite to win. He's like tiger or everybody else. It's like, Holy moly. How good was he back in the day? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So speaking of how good we are, we actually got to play Yale golf course, Yale and, um, New Haven over here, Yale University. Uh, we played last week separately um, because Rob decided to go with his neighbor the day before uh, Shane, Brian, and I and our friend Kyle went. So um, that, that was kind of a cool course. We've kind of talked about how historic it is. Um, it's a very popular course. It's one of, what is it? Has it always been kind of the top course in Connecticut, if not New England, in years <clears throat> past? Uh, but most of the summer it was shut down. So it looks like it just kind of got reopened. We were lucky enough to play. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think I had probably had one of my best rounds um, of the golf season personally. And I, I don't have a huge drive, um, but I hit just a lot of good approach shots. So I, I, you know, I was pretty content with my 88 that I shot at. was excited by it. But what are you guys' thoughts on Yale course? Like that was kind of a cool, cool – I feel like it was almost kind of a cool way to end the, the golf season before it got – cold and now you're playing winter golf that was kind of like the end of the last hurrah of the summer early fall golf so uh brian what what were your thoughts on it i played with you obviously separate cards but i played the round with you so what, what were your thoughts on the course uh well is that 88 for 18 holes or was that for 17 well that's I true it was the front nine there was a front I did, nine. Oh, okay. I there was the front nine that actually, yeah. we, I mean, I, I don't know who's looking at his scorecard, but whatever. 88, I'll take it. Why does, why, why does Nate always have a pencil when he erases when he plays golf? <laughs> actually, we couldn't, they didn't give us score charge. We had to do it on our little computer. Um, and, and to be fair, uh, Brian is right. We actually played 17 holes. One hole was under construction. I think it was hole nine. So we all decided as a group, we were all going to give each other a par on that hole just because we weren't able to play it. It was under construction. So by no fault of our own, we couldn't play it. So I did technically par that based on our group's rules. So that was part of my 88. Otherwise, I would have shot an 85 over 17 holes. So, yeah. Yeah, and my golf cart said I hit par every time. I never had to change anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I shot 70. It was great. Like, I, I didn't touch the scorecard. I like, didn't have to do anything. It just kept saying you hit a three. And I was like, cool. I thought I hit a seven, but it says three on up there, so I don't have to change anything. <laughs> well, out, outside no. of Nate mock, uh, drawing up his scorecard there, uh, the course was really, really nice. I mean, it, it, it's Yale, a lot of history, a lot of tradition there, obviously. Um, but, you know, it was a really nice place. It was under construction. I think we saw it uh, at its floor instead of the ceiling as far as uh, condition. But, um, you know, still, still really nice. The layout is great. Some of the greens are just absolutely wild. You know, like a three-tiered green. Uh, you know, if you, you hit it wrong and it goes all the way down, but, you know, it's very, you know, challenging greens, uh, hard to read. And, uh, you know, just overall, just a really nice place. So I'd love to see it in the spring when it's in top, top shape uh, and really enjoy it then. Oh, yeah, it would be. It would be nice. I mean, I think it was. I think it was still beautiful for what we saw. Um, I mean, we we were lucky enough to be out there. The, the you know the, the leaves were changing too, but the greens, the fairways, everything was cleared, so your ball didn't get lost unless you just went way out of bounds. I'm assuming. So, um, Rob, what were your thoughts on the course? I mean, obviously, we didn't play with you. We played literally the day right after you, so it's probably very similar conditions on the course. Yeah, we. Um, well, just to answer, it was it's it was ranked 83rd of the top 100 golf courses. And um, there was a rumor 
that the superintendent of the golf course had left. And I think it definitely showed that uh, when you're on some of the greens, it, it looked like you were playing the wheel. Like they were just banged up holes everywhere. The ball was bouncing and it was a tough, it's a really nice golf course, but it's really tough. And with those greens, man, we were missing five footers and it was just the balls bouncing all over the place. Um, I hope it, I hope it gets back to its former glory. Um, I know they were working on hole nine, which is their most famous one for a dam project. I was talking to the, the uh, starter about it. And uh, that's why we weren't allowed to play that one. So they have a big dam project going on right now where, they, you know, usually you can just hit it over. It's a par three. But I guess they don't want a ton of golf balls going down there with all the machines and everything that's going on. But I thought the course was gorgeous. I mean, it was a tough course for that. You know, we play Tashua a lot and we kind of know, like, you know, we don't ask each other what you're hitting. Like, we all know what club we're using the minute we get to any hole or even our second shot. So I like this one because it's a challenging course and you really had to think about it. And every green was really set up high. There was only, what, two or three that I think didn't have a you know, an elevated green to it. So you really had to play tough. I had a lot of shots fall short because I should have clubbed up thinking, ah, it's 110, I'll use a pitching wedge. But it's 110 uphill on a plateau. I should probably have used the nine to get it up there. So it was a challenging course. But I think it's one of those, if you learn it, it could be a really nice course to play at consistently if you can. Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, definitely beautiful. It is, I think, I believe from what I was understanding, it was only Connecticut residents are able to play it unless you're a Yale student, staff member, faculty, right? Like, so if you're from out of state, you, unless you're going to Yale, doesn't seem like you could play it, which is kind of makes it a little bit cooler as far as, you know, being exclusive uh, just for the state of Connecticut. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a course. If you live in Connecticut, I'd highly recommend getting out there. Probably next summer would be great. I'm sure they're going to be uh, working on it and it's going to be a beautiful course. So guys, we're kind of almost getting to the end here, but I got to ask you because tomorrow's Halloween, like what's, What's your favorite Halloween candy? Do you guys have it? Do you have a favorite? What are your top two? Like, Brian, what are your top two? What, what do you steal out of your kids' Halloween baskets when they go to bed on Halloween night? What's your go-to? Oh, oh I, I go to the Kit Kats and the, the Smarties. Um, yeah, just about everything. I, 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 I definitely get in there. They don't notice, though, so it's fine. Yeah, unless there's one specific one they really wanted, right? So, Rob, what you got? You got a couple favorites? Oh, peanut butter cups all the way for me. I love the peanut butter cups. Anything else? Just peanut butter cups? Everything else? Uh, I, I, you know what? I like uh, uh, Nestle's Crunch Bars, but a lot of people don't give those out. I don't see too many of those mini ones, but I love those with a little crisp. Yeah, that's um, I don't see too many of those, but I love them. I, they're like usually my favorite. Um, but no, I think that's usually what people have been giving out lately. Uh, we, we don't, we don't try to stick, stay away from like the, uh, too sugary sweet stuff. Stick with the chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate's good. I like, I like Twix. I like dots for whatever reason. I don't eat dots throughout the year, but those little small packets that they give at Halloween time. I like those. I bought some Halloween candy today at the store and I kind of figured, you know what, I'm going to get what I want because if I got leftovers, take care of it myself. So, all right, guys, we'll give you your last, last minute here. Halloween <laughs> Eve. Rob, we'll start with you. What do you want to say in your last minute? Today is a monumentous day for New York Met fans. The Wilpons have sold Steve Cohen. And finally, we are out of the control of the Wilpons. So here on out, the Mets hopefully will be more competitive. They'll spend some money. Steve Cohen will hire smart people to run this team. 
And I'm looking forward to going to the World Series next year before the Mets. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I appreciate the optimism. Good for you as a Mets fan. Uh, new owner, same, same old Mets fans. Uh, Brian, Sounds what you, like that beer is 12%. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you got, a, you got your last minute. Uh, greatest Halloween moment growing up. Going out, dressed in not a costume, but all black. The black hoodie, the black sweats. Going around, you know, getting candy, running around with your friends. Not too much mischief, but causing some mischief. And uh, obviously, we don't we don't really have that too much anymore. But I'll throw it back real quick. You guys, fond memories from from Halloween? Uh, my mom sent a picture of recently to to myself. Like she snapped it with her smartphone and sent it to show Carter. And I was I had a killer killer werewolf outfit that my mom made. We took a wig and we 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 uh, used glue sticks and we taped the, the glue to my hands. She put it on my face. We had an awesome wig that was brown. Actually, it was actually my hair because you guys know how my hair grows. So I let my hair grow out and I just stuck it up with a lot of hairspray. Oh, yeah, it like was killer. And Carter did not believe it was me. And even my wife was like, that's that's legit. I was like probably like 13 or 14. I had a sick outfit. That's that was great. my favorite one. I'm glad I have a picture of it because I was like, I wonder where that picture went. My mom found it. One of my favorites was uh, one of my first years in Scottsdale, uh, trick-or-treating, when I was like, I want to say middle school. And I went with these guys, and they knew all the houses that gave out the king-size candy bars. So we literally had, like, his brother would drive us, and we would go to the houses that just had the king-size candy bars. So my bag was just full of king-size bars. That was, like, cool. We had, um, yeah, that, that was probably one of my favorites. I mean, we had a lot of fun in the car, too, but, like, just going to houses where you knew we had the king-size bars. At that age, that's, that's you know... That's like hitting Fort Knox every time, right? Like, that's pretty cool. So, uh, no, other than that, I can't really think of it. I mean, now it's more about my kids. And my kids have a lot of fun getting candy. It's amazing. My daughter gets exhausted. But on Halloween night, and I say, you want to do another few houses? You want to go home? It's always, I can do a few more. I can do a few more. So, you know, that, that motivation of candy is, uh, is strong. So, anyway, guys, uh, for myself, Brian, and Rob, have a great night. Have a happy Halloween. And uh, hopefully we'll see you or hear you, talk to you in November. Have a good night. <laughs>